You can see if you forget anyway, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, okay. So very eventful uh day today, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved uh, watching June. I watched June this afternoon. I didn't I didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> well, let's get started with this uh, uh, latest podcast uh, from Bolt from the Blue, your mates here, and uh, we've got a lot of things uh, to talk about, but principally we'll be talking about the game against uh, Brighton, but there's a few other things that might creep into the agenda as well, uh, and you might be able to guess what they are, but uh, let's introduce who we're going to be uh, speaking to uh and this is uh, uh, in the evening, uh, UK time, in, in the morning, in Korean time. Uh, we've got uh, Colin Savage. Colin, how are you doing? I'm good. I've got a big smile on my face. I can't think why, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. good yeah, weekend. We'll looking, looking forward to uh, finding out uh, why that is. Uh, and uh, also we've got uh, Bernard. Bernard Deneen, how are you doing? How's your day going? Um, Oh, not too bad, Mike. I'm a bit tired, though, after yesterday's shenanigans. I was up at two, out of work at eight, uh, down to Brighton for about an hour before kick-off, back home, so literally 24 hours without any sleep, and uh, I'm up at two tomorrow. So, hey, I'm doing it for the cause, guys. Don't don't you worry yourselves. I love, I love it. I'd rather be here than sleepy, let's be honest about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, do I detect... The presence of, uh, <laughs> of, of Ray as well. Hi, hi Ray. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm all right. I was just about to go to bed. And then uh, my <laughs> phone rang. <laughs> I was seriously was just about to go to bed. Um, just finished our last day of shows and then um, helping the new guys coming in next week uh, set up his stuff and then went out with him and his wife for dinner. So come back and we, we got we're like we're not as bad as uh, Bernard. Getting up at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning, we got to be up about six o'clock, and then it's only nine hundred and fifty kilometres drive back to Paris uh, from Germany tomorrow. Um, and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to those Belgian chips as we uh, stop off somewhere uh, on the way back. Well, guys, uh, let's uh, talk about this uh, this uh, latest Manchester City match against Brighton, fourth uh, versus third. Uh, against, um, you know, table doesn't lie. Brighton are a good team. They won this fixture, th- this fixture three-two uh, last season. I got a great manager in uh, Graham Potter, solid-looking defence uh, as well. And uh, there were there were just a couple of changes from the, the game against Club Bruges or, or Club Brugge, however you like to pronounce it. Um, and that was that um, uh, Gundogan and Gabby J were back in and. Uh, uh, De Bruyne and uh, Riyad Mahrez uh, dropped to the bench. Sterling wasn't fit, apparently wasn't even in there at all. Um, so the lineup was, you know, fairly, uh, fairly, fairly well what you'd expect. Uh, eh, Bernard? Uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised KDB was dropped. I mean, I'll be kind and say he was rested, but uh, I think Pep... Uh, did the old hatchet job there on poor KDB. I think he dropped him for this one, to be honest with you. But, uh, yeah, I must admit, I sort of put Mara's in, but I was hoping for Jesus. So uh, I was quite happy with certainly 10 of the 11 that started that game uh, yesterday anyway. Yeah, indeed. And um, uh, uh, an interesting uh, shirt, uh, Colin. What did you think of it? Oh, the famous <laughs> third shirt, yeah, which is... Um... What's that? Did you say third or third? 
I said third, of course. Okay. And, uh, obviously attracted some comments, some controversy. There's no standard badge or the badges part of the shirt design and the Man City across the front. Um, I, you know, I, I, with all these things, I don't really care. It's the people, the guys wearing the shirt that, that make the difference. I don't think a shirt ever makes a difference, particularly to a team. It didn't look as bad uh, on the players as, as perhaps it looks when you're looking at it in, in isolation. But just to pick up on the team thing, actually, there, there is a school of thought that um, certainly with this form at the moment, we're a better team without KDB in it. So so that Gundogan, Rodri, Bernardo Silva midfield is probably the best we've got at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Ray, uh, City are... Uh, what is described as being in a, in a good moment, uh, is certainly in that first half. Um, sorry, Mike, that's the missus. <laughs> this game was over after 31 minutes. City started off like uh, a house on fire, and uh, you wouldn't believe that Brighton had only let in five uh, league goals in eight games before before we uh, put. Uh, and I'm not, you know, uh, giving any anything away by saying we beat them four one. Um, we were, as usual, you know, very, very good uh, on, on the break. Uh, awesome for that second goal. Um, you know, um, I, I didn't feel sorry for Brighton, really, but we were just far, far too good. And it reminds me of um, the game against Bruges and, and Chelsea and others. And that's what I said after the last pod, on the last pod, sorry. We are the best team around. And that's it. You know, when we're on form... And uh, Bernard, of course, you were there in the flesh, and uh, City almost scored actually on the eleventh minute. But it's, um, it's being described as a telescopic leg by Lewis Dunk that prevented the ball uh, crossing the line. Yeah, I mean, it was all. I mean, where we were, we were, I was literally right behind the goal on the second row up, so it was uh, not the greatest view up the other end. But uh, I managed to watch it back on highlights and. Uh, yeah, a bit, bit Walker-esque, wasn't it? Uh, a little bit, I suppose, uh, the old uh, community shield. But uh, it sort of didn't, didn't keep us back for too long, did it, fortunately? Stones-esque versus Liverpool. Mm. Indeed. I, it was nice to see Phil Foden um, do a nice tribute to Roger Hunt by standing there with his arms in the air instead of plonking the thing in the back of the net properly. Cup final, of course, but, you know... We didn't have goal line uh, technology in 1966, so we were lucky. Tell us about this uh, first goal by Gunduan, uh, uh, Colin. This is on the 13th minute, just a couple of minutes later. Yeah, well, um, it was an interesting goal um, because um, we set up a really good move, um, I, but the ball was played into the box, and, and Sanchez, the keeper, looked to have it covered, but he sort of ran into Gabby Jesus. Um, when he was jumping in the air and um, he dropped the ball uh, Bernardo and, and Jesus who were the two players challenging Bernardo was very quick thinking uh, and uh, flicked the ball back over his head and um, Gundogan all Gundogan had to do was um, pop the ball in the net which Foden should have done in the first place for that earlier chance but um, of course the Brown players went mad because they thought the keeper had been fouled but but Gabby Jay stood his ground um, and and um, the Brian players were a bit annoying all afternoon, actually, and, and, and the fans kind of turned into Everton fans who booed everything. Um, but, uh, you know, they had a look at it. Although our, our friend Paul Tierney was on VAR, he didn't see any problem with it. And um, it was fine. You know, the goal was given. But, you know, it, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because you sometimes see those 
referees err on the side of caution. Uh, and if there's any contact between a keeper and a, an outfield player, uh, opposition outfield player, they'll tend to blow the whistle. But quite quickly, when you watched it back, Sanchez jumped into Gabriel Jesus. Jesus didn't back into him or, or try to impede him. Um, he just fumbled it. And, um, you know, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything to do even with Gabby J being there. So, yeah, the, the goal was allowed. It was a very, say, piece of quick thinking from Bernardo. And uh, Gundogan was there to follow it in. And I think um, that it, it was a, a bit of a gaff by the goalkeeper Sanchez, but he kind of made up for that maybe about six or seven minutes later because he was he ended up one on one with um, with uh, Jack Grealish. Ray, uh, is that the one way he, he saved? He must have saved it. Sorry, guys, you bypassed me on that one. Yeah, maybe maybe you can remember this one, uh, Bernard Grealish threw that, on the goalkeeper. That one he tried to take round him. Uh, yeah, Mike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he just—I thought he took it round him from from where we were. I thought he was going to nestle in the back of the net, but obviously uh, he made up for it. I said he made up as uh, Colin was saying there. He made up for that horrendous error uh, for that first goal, and uh, yeah, he managed obviously with his with his sheer size. He, he somehow managed to. To get back for it, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it drowned. I thought I just expected it to to be cheering a goal, but uh, no, all, all credit to him. And uh, I don't, I don't think Grealish did that much wrong. I don't think, to be honest with you, sort of, uh, you know, apart from not scoring it, which obviously is probably wrong, isn't it, in a way? But uh, no, he did, he did sort of reprieve his earlier error. He did, yeah. He had his work cut out, uh, Sanchez, because then, um, not long after that, Jesus. Uh, Struck a diagonal towards the bottom left through a crowded, uh, a crowded mass of um, defenders, and he he got a hand to it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he was um, he had his he, he had his work cut out. He was being given the runaround basically by that city front three, and um, we had the, another goal on twenty eight minutes, and uh, this is. Um, it's a, who, I, I'm not exactly sure who gets the credit for this. Um, officially uh, on um, on the Guardian, it says um, uh, uh, an own goal. Um, but um, well, the Guardian is stupid. Descri- describe this for us, Ray. Well, uh, I mean, actually, you've got to go a long way back up the pitch uh, to see where this started, and we we won the ball uh, about uh, level with the penalty spot. Uh, a cross come in. Um, we, we won the ball in our box. Um, a pass through to um, very quickly. Um, basically, it was two touches um, up to Grealish. He took one touch and then he, he squared it to Forden. And uh, Forden was sliding in with a defender. For, uh, that's the one Forden um, got. I'm, I'm sure that Forden got that. Forden, well, let's put it this way. On my fantasy league, uh, it's credited to Forden. So I'm having that. Uh, and since he's my captain, I'm getting double points. So I think it looks like the, the defender may have nicked it onto Forden, but it's Forden's goal all day long. You would agree with that, Colin? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like an own goal at first. Well, I think when they showed it slowly, uh, the, the touch had come off. Either Forden had got the touch to send it in and it just flicked off um, Dan Byrne. Or, or it was the other way around, I can't quite recall. But yeah, it, um, it, it was... Not the greatest goal we'll ever score, of course, but it was. They all count once they go over the line, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how what kind of a view you had of the of the next goal, um, at Bernard, but we only had to wait like a three minutes for it, um, and City made it three. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Bowden. Uh, I mean, it's, even when you watch it in the proper, you know, from up top where the cameras are, it, uh, the, the nick off Bowden does. You don't really see it that much. Steve obviously was enough to again Sanchez. You know, a lot of people were blaming Sanchez. I, I don't particularly blame Sanchez for that, to be honest. He he would have had to react very quickly because he sort of nicked. I think it's Grealish, wasn't it, who did the shot, and uh, it nicked off uh, Bolden slightly deflected. And obviously Sanchez got a big hand to it, but I mean, there's no guarantee that's going to keep it out, and it went in the net. So I think you're a little bit unfair on Sanchez, but uh, yeah, I mean, right place, right time. If he hadn't got his little nick on it, uh, I don't, I think Sanchez would have probably saved it. So all credit for him for, for being in the box, getting bodies in the box, that's what happens, isn't it? You get these little deflections, sometimes they work for you, sometimes they don't, but in this case, it certainly worked for us. It was mm-hmm. Gabby Jesus who had the shot. It's Gabriel Jesus who had the shot. And then the goalie yeah. saved it with his feet. Yeah. And then Gabby came up with his left foot and it just nicked off uh, Phil Foden. I don't even yeah. think actually when it went in, Gabriel Jesus, I don't even think he knew that Foden had uh, got a touch. He probably thought it was his goal. He was running off for celebrating. Uh, but as I said, uh, Phil Foden is in my fantasy football team. He's captain, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> he is in he's in fantastic form, um, Phil Foden uh, at the moment, Bert, uh, Bernard, isn't he? I mean, really, really, it's it's, I mean, it's, it's always kind of you know, like a toss up between Foden and Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't separate them two guys yesterday. Today, to, uh, yesterday, to be honest, uh, I, I scored them both the same spot on. Uh, Foden, I think, obviously, Pep's giving him more responsibility. I think now, isn't he? And he's sort of giving him a and more or less trying to give him a regular position and not messing about with him. And, and obviously, if you, if you do that, you know, you know, you know, anyone knows that. If, you, if you're put in that position that you're going to play regularly, you're just going to improve game on game. And I think this is the uh, effect it's having on him at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Colin, good to see Mr. Whippy back and uh, obviously <laughs> re- registers his goal as he, as, as he is in the habit of doing. Yeah, he's, I mean, I'm just... Such a big fan of uh, Ilkay Gundogan. He's such a clever player. You know, he's not, he's not Kevin De Bruyne. He doesn't try the spectacular passes, but he's so clever. He's so, you know, he just thinks four or five moves ahead. And uh, you know, as we've seen, he's often in the right place at the right time. But he's just that, you know, quiet player. Nothing spectacular. You know, none of these, <coughs> excuse me, thirty-yard curving Kevin De Bruyne type passes, but. It's just his knowledge of the game and he's in the right place at the right time. He does the right thing. And, um, yeah, he's, uh, he knits it all together, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, it, it, was, it, was, it was a fantastic uh, first-half performance. Uh, Brighton couldn't get a sniff. And uh, as uh, Ray pointed out earlier, that was pretty much the game uh, over uh, by half-time. Um, you know, there was a change because... Whatever Potter said at halftime, uh, Ray, it made a bit of a difference because they were a different team in the second half, I thought. I think it's always going to be... Um, two things happen. Um, you know, they might have had a stern talking to at halftime, some tactical changes, and obviously City are winning 3-0. And, uh, you know, we've not had uh, an easy week. You know, we've had um, a couple of games. We had that game against Bruges which was obviously easier than we initially thought. And we've got, I said it for years now, we've got games coming thick and fast. Thick and fast. We've got West Ham on Wednesday in the uh, Carabao Cup. And then uh, we've got a game, I think we're playing on Saturday. So we've got West Ham on Wednesday evening and game on Saturday lunchtime. 
So um, we're not going to get much rest. So I always think one, one of my regular scores on a, on a prediction league that I'm in is for City to win 2-0 because I just think we'll ease up. We'll ease up because we won't, you know, we've done the business. We did the business in the first 31 minutes. We don't need to really go help for to score, um, you know, five or six goals. We, we're, we're happy enough with that and we'll take it a bit easy. So you get a combination of, I think, both things happening. Um, I don't think uh, um, Brighton made as many glaring errors uh, as they were doing in the first half, in the second half, sorry, compared to the first half. And um, you felt like, you know, they, they were going to create a chance or two and, uh, and possibly get a goal and eventually they did. Mm. Well, that, <clears throat> that came right at the very end. Uh, uh, Bernard, uh, what, were you, what did you think about um, the improvement in Brighton and, and their attempts to stop Phil Foden getting a hat-trick? Yeah, I think it was a bit of both, really, wasn't it? I mean, C- City sort of went down a little bit, uh, game management, etc., etc. But uh, obviously, usually, we actually control the game, but we never, we never got the option because Brighton upped the game and we, we were struggling to get three or four passes in a row, to be honest with you. We couldn't hold on to the ball. It was going back to them very quickly. And we were struggling, even, you know, usually at 3-0 up, yeah, we're confident. But I'll tell you what, I was happy that that penalty came in the 83rd minute because if it come, say, 10 or 15, 20 minutes earlier than that, it come in the 61st minute or the 71st minute, I would have been a bit more panicky because obviously the, the crowd were finally waking up, the Brighton crowd, which we hadn't heard all game, obviously. They were finally waking up. And you, you could see the players were at it. They were pumping, each, you know, pumping the crowd up, pumping each other. Uh, and I'm so glad that it was like 81 minutes when they finally got a breakthrough and we only had 10 minutes to suffer. But in all fairness, once they scored that goal, we took control again, which was what we perhaps should have done a little bit earlier and it wouldn't have been, been, been as rocky. But uh, as Ray said, at 3-0, we turned off a little bit. But unfortunately, Brighton are a good team and uh, it allowed them to uh, switch on and show us that they are a good team. I mean... I, I honestly thought at times, playing out from the back, I thought it was City I was watching. I thought they'd swap, swap tens and swap shirts. Because I'll tell you what, they, they didn't have to impress me playing out from the back. They looked look better than we did at times, playing playing from the keeper and uh, his defenders. So, yeah, uh, I think we saw a little bit of what Brighton have got in that uh, second half. And I, I'm thankful, as I said, that it was a bit late before they got back in the game. Yeah, they they really showed uh, why they're in the position that they're in in, in the league table, and uh, uh, it was such a contrast to their kind of capitulation in the in the first uh, uh, half. But uh, let's talk about this, uh, Colin. Their their penalty is just basically a bit needless from Ederson, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yes, it was, and we've seen it before from him, haven't we? That uh, there was no apparent danger. All he needs to do is cover his near post there. Uh, and of course, he came flying out. Maybe it's, it's a lot of people said maybe he got a bit bored and wanted to warm up a bit. But the real controversy about the penalty was should it have been called offside earlier in the move? Because mm-hmm. when, when that move started, the player who received the ball, I can't remember who it was, was, was marginally in an offside position. Mm-hmm. Now you can argue, um, you can argue whether being marginally offside is really offside. I mean, it's, I, I, I've made that argument. You know, if it's close, then ig- ignore it. But it, you know, if we're going to, if we've got the rule, then let, let's apply it. Now, so, so play was allowed to go on. We didn't touch the ball, I don't think, uh, until Edison came dashing out. So it, it was only about, uh, I don't know, what was it? About 10 seconds of play, 10, 15 seconds of play, maybe, before 
um, the penalty was given from the offside. And, and they went to look at it. They didn't say much on the TV. They went to look at it on VAR, apparently, and decided it was in an earlier phase of play. Now, we've, we've seen so much controversy around that where, where there's been decisions that have been pulled back for something that happened like a minute ago. And yet this wasn't pulled back for something that happened maybe 10, 15 seconds beforehand in a continuous phase of play. Uh, and of course, hey, our, our um, VAR ref was, was our old friend Paul Tierney who completely botched up uh, giving out cards uh, when the referee does anything. Uh, and you miss potentially, um, you know, the, the, the well, two red, two potential red cards on James, not potential red cards, but what should be two certain red cards on James Milner um, by not giving a foul uh, on phone, which we have the conversation on. So, yeah, I mean... You, you could, uh, yes, I mean, Everton was stupid. He had no reason to do what he did. But there's a whole question mark about whether that, you know, the guy was offside in, in, in the move that led up to the penalty. How can you not, how can you not give it as offside? All right. If the guy's played the ball, it's gone back into midfield or gone back into their half or we've picked up the ball, taken it forward, lost it. Yeah, I can accept that. But no, it was a one continuous move and, um, it should have been called offside. It'd be interesting to see um, what happens with that that one. Well, not I mean, obviously nothing's happened. The goal, the, the penalty was given, but uh, it wasn't, and it wasn't a great penalty. People talk about Edison as uh, you know he can be a bit daft at times, but also people the people criticise him. Not on not one of them say he's never saved a penalty, uh, but he did get close to that. It wasn't a great penalty. It was in that spot that keepers say they love, which is kind of about halfway up the goal. Not, uh, you know, basically a spot that, that's in the middle of where the keeper's standing in the post. Mm-hmm. So if a keeper's diving, that's the natural spot to get. Unfortunately, Edison didn't quite get enough of a strong hand on it and it ended up in the net. But, um, yeah, so there's a whole, whole controversy about whether that penalty should have been given in the first place. Not, mm-hmm. not, because, not that it wasn't a penalty, but whether it was offside. Yeah, and uh, I think Bernard is absolutely right. Whatever happened, it woke us up a bit, and City started to stream forward again. Uh, there were five minutes of um, added on time, and, uh, and quite a, quite a useful substitution, I thought. Then uh, at, the, at this point, this is around about the eighty seventh minute, um, and Gabriel Jesus was replaced by Ray's mate Mares, and Mares comes on, and as he tends to do. In the dying moments of games, um, he got his goal, didn't he, Ray? Yeah, he got his goal. Look, I mean, uh, to be honest, um, maybe he should have come on earlier to get that goal and um, people like Bernard could have breathed a, a, an earlier sigh of relief. But, look, it started off with a mistake um, um, by Brighton. Uh, I don't know who was out on their left, um, mid, you know, midway into their own half. Surrounded by three City players, he decides to... Decides to chip a ball back to the centre-back. Uh, only um, he chips it um, just a little, a little bit above the centre-back. No, whoever was fault, was the chip too high? Was the centre-back uh, too slow to react? I don't know. I think was it F- uh, Fornan nips in there. Uh, the ball comes out to, uh, was it, was it uh, I can't remember if it was Fernandinho or Gabby J now. Uh, but Fornan, before he even receives the ball, he's in the box with his back to the goal. He's already had a quick look over his shoulder. He's had a look around to see what is available. Um, and Maris is just stood there on his Todd. Uh, and Foden gets the ball, does what he needs to do, just rolls across to Maris on his left foot. 
even Riyad Mahrez can't miss from there. And he duly <laughs> scores. Um, that's three goals in two games uh, for the uh, Algerian prince. And in fact, he is uh, across all competition, City's top goal scorer um, with seven goals, apparently. Um, an interesting situation. Um, and that brought it to an end, a 4-1 uh, win uh, for City. Um, but it was, um, it, it was a, it's been a, a day, a few days of interesting results, um, uh, Bernard, because um, City are responding to Chelsea's 7-0 uh, demolition of Norwich. And um, what I find quite interesting about that, I commented on Twitter, is you had uh, Chris Sutton of the BBC talking about Chelsea as as champions already, you know, um, after basically, you know, Mason Mount scored a few goals against it. Norwich is a bit over the top, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, after obviously after we'd played, and obviously it all got toned down a little bit, isn't it? But it, it doesn't take long, does it, for the for the media and all the sycophants to sort of latch onto these things as soon as you have two or three uh, good Of course, it's a 7-0 against anybody. It's fantastic. Of course it is. But I don't, I'm Norwich. I just feel sorry for the fans. I mean, it's just it, pretty abysmal from Norwich. But uh, you can only beat what's in front of you, is the old adages, isn't it? And uh, yeah, of course, Chelsea are firing again all of a sudden. But uh, I say three weeks ago, it was uh, sort of doom and gloom. And obviously, City were going to start running away with it. But obviously, now we're having to look over our shoulders and think, well, not look in front of us even and say, well, we can't both start drop points now with teams like Chelsea and Liverpool about. But uh, you know what it is. The, you know, even if you're 10 points clear with it, with a couple of games left, the media will try and build it into something to get people get people watching. So uh, nine games in, it's plenty of time for the media to get all hyped up and, and excited. Yeah, I mean, uh, all this these are the games that uh, we're talking about on Saturday and a lot of um, sort of draws, Palace and Newcastle one all, and Leeds and Wolves 1-1, Southampton, Burnley 2-2. Interesting uh, one, Colin, there was um 5-2 win for Watford at Everton. <laughs> I very nearly made a fool of myself. Um, during, <laughs> that, yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? I mean, considering the battery Watford got the week before. But, of course, um, yeah, Liverpool... Um, yeah, are apt to batter the weaker teams as we've seen this weekend. And um, uh, but but you know, a lot of Everton fans criticised criticised Rafa Benitez's appointment. Uh, I thought it was a good appointment because he's a very intense tactical manager. He will set them up for games. But I I, I absolutely don't know what went wrong there. Um, they they went two uh, one up. Everton went uh, went a goal up. Richarlison made his return from injury and put them two one up. And I was just about to tweet. I wonder if the fans who criticise Rafa Benitez's appointment as Everton manager now, I wonder what they think now. And then of course Watford got three goals in quick, but four goals wasn't it in quick? Equalising <coughs> three goals to to win the game five two. That was a weird one. And Everton is still so inconsistent. Um, it, it's weird, but maybe kind of you know Rani area having had. To, couple of weeks to, to work with the team uh, maybe he's, he's, perhaps we should put our money on Watford for the title next season because uh, you know considering what he did with Leicester yeah dilly ding dilly dong <laughs> uh, 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 moving into the games uh, t- uh, today or, uh, or the earlier on um, Leicester got back to winning ways 2-1 against Brentford, Brentford. but uh, the next interesting one 
uh, Tottenham coming unstuck against West Ham United, <laughs> Ray. Uh, what a shame. Yeah. Um, no, look, good on uh, West Ham and David Moyes. I mean, you know, maybe uh, Man United um, got rid of him too soon. He's not doing any worse at West Ham than he's doing at Man United. Pretty much almost everybody else has done at Man United since he's gone. So, you know, maybe if they'd given him a bit of time, he might have done the business for them. Um, they've got another 1 0 win. Was it a Crestwell assist? A t- Antonio goal? The Spuds got peeled. I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I, I watched the second half of that game and uh, or, or, or some of the first half. Spurs were seem to be by far the better team, but West Ham do what West Ham seem to do and um, break away and grab a goal. And um, good luck to them at top four, you know, this week. So uh, at the end of the weekend, so um, it's a shame. Perhaps if United are looking for a new manager. That the guy who's got West Ham into the top four might well, be. Well, we're going to come to that. We're going to come to that. But uh, Bernard, it, it seems to be that uh, Harry Kane not not uh, getting his move to to Man City has really knocked the stuffing out of him. Yeah, I mean it's funny, isn't it? I mean the last game, I think you said obviously the game before this he scored, and all of a sudden the media was saying, "Oh, well, he's back now. This is it. He's got all. He's got all." But it doesn't take long, does it? Doesn't take long. One game to another. I mean it's a long time a week in football, isn't it? As they say, but uh, yeah, I mean having having said that, I'm more worried now about the West Ham. To be honest, with you the fact that uh, it's a good win today for them, and they, they, I think they've won six out of the last seven, have they? Something like that. They're absolutely. On fire. I mean, they're not dominating games, but uh, obviously they sorted the defence out in theory, looking at what, what we've seen. So they sorted that out. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm more worried. I'm not worried about Harry Kane anymore. You know, I've, I've, I've probably, we probably should have gone for Ben Teke the way he's been playing recently. I mean, he's been scoring goals. I can't believe it. There's got to be something <laughs> weird going on when, when Ben Teke's on the score sheet for Crystal Palace. I mean, that, you know, a couple of seasons ago, the Palace fans wanted him as a centre half because they didn't want him up front. I mean, so something's going on. We perhaps should have gone in for him instead of Harry Kane based, based on what we've seen. But no, it's, uh, I don't know with Harry Kane. It's obviously got to have a psychological effect to all this palaver, hasn't it? And obviously it probably will take time for him to sort himself out, even though the club doctor says he's all happy. But, I mean, is he a psychiatrist or a club doctor, you know, you know, looking after his legs or is he looking after his mind? I'm not too sure, but I think it's a, it is a mind problem in the same way we've got with a, a young man that we've got playing for us at the moment with his, with his mind's not quite on it. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but look, look, look at the difference, Bernard. Look at the difference between Bernardo Silva, who wants to leave. He's, yeah, put, he's yeah. putting in, um, you know, yeah. he, I'd, I'd say quite comfortably he's in the top three Premier League players of the season so far. Comfortably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Best at City, over, I'd put him over Phil Ford and simply because Bernardo's played a lot more games. Phil missed a lot the uh, early part of the season. Um, but, you know, I'm, I, I'd rather um, Harry Kane was crap for Spurs than had moved to Man City and been crap for City. But maybe this shows us what, you know, you know a, a new side to Kane that he, he has this mental frailty. And he, you know, and maybe moving to a, a big club, um, uh, you know, if he'd come to City, moving to a big club might have been too much for him. 
Yeah, I feel yeah. the same. But obviously, not, the difference between Bernard and Harry Kane is Bernard will never really had anyone coming in for him, and Harry Kane has got Mr. Levy to put up with, hasn't he? So, I mean, I think I'd, I'd try and be upset all for a few months after that, to be honest with you. But uh, I take I take your point. But uh, yeah, Bernardo's knuckled down, hasn't he? Let's be honest about it. I still think he'll be going personally. That I hope not. I hope, hope he doesn't. But I still feel he is, and that's what he's doing. He's playing well because he's committed to the team while he's there, and that's. That's how it should be. But I say, I think there's a bit more to the Harry Kane thing. It's just, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot going on with that in the background, probably more than what happened with Bernardo, that, that he, he was sort of, uh, I, I think he thought he was definitely going and it just all, I think he's struggling, struggling, struggling for England though, isn't he as well, Ray? He's not just, not just Tottenham, yeah, is it? He's I, don't have England, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know how Bernardo thought he could go in the summer because Barcelona haven't got a pot to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in um, Madrid couldn't get you know no one could really get Bernardo they didn't have the yeah. money um, or they wouldn't pay City a reasonable fee one good thing you can see Bernardo's professionalism like you say he's knuckled down he's worked hard and his, his performances is around this world this is top level Bernardo Silva from uh, four seasons back um, yeah. and yeah. you know the professionalism is great and you look at Harry Kane he's one of their own and he can't be putting <laughs> it in for Spurs yeah, well, as Bernard indicated, uh, West Ham are a tricky uh, opponent. We'll, they're, they're our next um, a, opponent, obviously, in the EFL Cup. There'll probably be a different team out there uh, for for both um, West Ham and uh, and City. So we don't know exactly the way that, that that's going to go. Um, however, let's come on to this uh, the, the, this final result that we haven't um, we haven't really um, focused on too much uh, so far on the pod, but. Um, Twitter right, right. Is a- why are we talking about first of all why are we talking about the history boys and why are we talking about mid-table teams because it's I'm fun Ray it's fun <laughs> it's fun do you remember fun <laughs> yeah oh. I do <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was that that's, that's well the only bad thing about this is really that uh, well is that um, there are really the the, the the calls for Ole out are at fever pitch. I mean, they're pretty pretty much every pundit out there, Colin, has thrown uh, Solskjaer under under the bus here. Well, it was interesting, actually. I was uh, out at lunchtime and talking to a, f- a few United fans, and one of them was, <laughs> whether he was putting on a front or not, I don't know, but uh, Tony was swearing blind that... Uh, um, always the man for the job is improving them in small increments and, you know, this six, whatever it is, fourth, fifth, fourth, second. But and it was interesting watching the um, post-match discussion. And, and even Gary Neville, who's defended his old pal resolutely up to now, was saying, well, he's not the man for the job, but don't sack him. Um, and, and I was just reading a piece by, uh, funny, well, well, <clears throat> Among the friends I was with was uh, Adam Crafton's parents. I'm just reading Adam's um, piece in the... I was just reading Adam's piece in the Athletic. And, and and it's a case of, yeah, he's probably taken us... He's moved us forward from the toxicity of the of the uh, Jose Mourinho era. You know, it's a happy dressing room. But, you know, you watch them and they're just completely disorganised. You know, you, you saw for one of the goals, was, was it the second or third Liverpool goal... Uh, Maguire and Shaw just running into each other. You know, Wan-Bissaka charging up the field. There was, um, the, you know, the defensive back line was always out of shape. Um, one of them will be playing someone on side, you know, and, and Liverpool are good at making those runs. And um, I, I think it just showed up 
but but there's a lot of knee jerk around. I mean, all he was the, you know, he was the hero, wasn't he? Midweek when they came from two nil down to to beat Atalanta, but you know, it was Atalanta, uh, and they were playing a top class team, the, you know, team that will be uh, one of the three teams besides other than Chelsea who will be in the mix for for the Premier League, but probably, and, and it was quite. You know, they look disorganised. I think I mentioned on the pod, or I can't remember if it was on the pod, or um, I was talking to someone else, Steve Bruce saying, talking about Newcastle defensive woes, and, and talking about they, they, these defensive woes have been around for a while. I'm thinking, you're the manager. You are a defender. It's your job to fix these defensive woes. If you can't do it, then you don't deserve to be in the job. And of course he isn't. And, and you look at United, and, and you look at the players, and it's a mishmash, isn't it? You can't, you can't see a style. You can't see how the players blend together. You know, you look at our midfield, Bernardo, Gundogan, Rodri. They're all working together as a, a compact triangle, as a unit. They, and they can all pop up anywhere on the field. And you look at, you know, the calls to bring back Fred and McTominay to provide a more stable midfield platform. And that really worked well, didn't it? I mean. <laughs> It's beyond him. The job is beyond him. And they can defend him all they like. They can say about progress. Yeah, you know, he's made a happy dressing room, but it's not a good team. I've always said the great thing about Alex Ferguson and all the great managers was they can make the whole greater than the sum of the parts. And with Solskjaer, well, I don't know what the sum of the parts are meant to be, but he's certainly not making the whole greater than them. And it's just, well... You know, I know we shouldn't, we should talk him up really, but, um, it's just a mess, isn't it? He's, he hasn't got the character. He hasn't got the experience. He hasn't got the knowledge. He just isn't going to take them any further. Um, you know, it's not as though they're even going to be second to us season after season. You know, if Liverpool scored another two goals, they'd have been ninth tonight. You know, they've lost all the goal difference they had. Um, and, and, and the question is, say Gary Neville is saying they'll stick with him for this season. I don't agree with Gary Neville, because if there's a serious danger in, say, February, it depends how they do in the Champions League for a start. If there's a serious danger of them not making the top four in, say, January, they will get someone else, because top four means Champions League money. And Champions League money is all important to them. Is and if, if, if they, say, if they don't, if they're well, if they're where they are now, you know, if they're eight, nine, ten points outside the top four in in in, even in December, I think they'll act because they can't afford not to. Um, but it's very interesting to see, you know, to see the knee-jerk reactions. You know, one day he's a hero and, and another day he's a villain. And, and the fans, you know, the fans who were left in the stadium and, and Sky were desperately trying to tell us that was the vast majority of the fans, although um, the TV pictures were the Blocks of empty seats said otherwise. Um, it, uh, and I've got to say, I've got to give Ollie some credit. It was really good of him. You know, when they're fighting for points to do a reenactment on the 10th anniversary of the 6 1. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people have said that. An actual 4 1 title win at Brighton in 2019. You know, we, we say you get United have got no class or dignity. And, but, you know, to, to, put, to do that reenactment at the 6 1. Even with a red card thrown in, um, I thought showed great class. I wanted to ask, what do you think Pep would do with the United players? You know, if, if he was, was stocked up with people like, you know, Mason Greenwood, Rashford, 
Pogba even and all the others. Would do you think United would be languishing in seventh place, or would they be in the top four? Interesting question, Bernard. What do you think? Well, I think I think uh, Colin hinted at it there. It's some of the parts. I mean, of course, Pep would have them comp- uh, competing for the title, won't you? Let's be honest about it. He'd take that bunch of players, and they will be uh, they'd be up there, uh, and he'd get rid of the uh, the guys who you know they rave about and all these little. The thread metonymies, and I mean, they'd have to they'd have to prove the worth. But of course, he would. I mean, Pep, Pep would actually make them better, as Colin was saying. It, it, that's that's part and parcel of a good, decent manager. You know, you 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 turn, you know, you go back to your Brian Cloughs, don't you? People like that. You you make good players into very good, excellent players as a team, and, and Pep can do that with players. And it, there's no doubt, uh, as Ray was saying there, if, if Pep had them them guys, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, might take a, a little bit of time because obviously he wouldn't do it overnight. We know that. We know he can't do it overnight. But uh, of course, of course, if you had that squad to play with, they'd be competing top two or three uh, all the time. There'd be no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and um, yeah, I, I, I just I hope they hang on to Solskjaer for a bit longer. Although apparently Antonio Conte is is uh, making remarks in the media expressing his um, his interest in the job, which is probably not very professional. But they have got far too many passengers in that team. I mean, Victor Lindelof, I think, is the one example. Fred and McTominay in in midfield, and they they can't sustain a press um, at the at the other end of the pitch either because of Ronaldo. He's Basically, got everyone, everyone having to do his running for him. So, um, yeah, uh, but, but you know, it's a delicious state of affairs. Basically, if you're if you're a city fan, and it's lovely to watch those images. Um, oh, we've got some nice close-ups of uh, of uh, Alex Ferguson um, at the end of the uh, game, and then contrasting that with Kenny Dalglish, who's you know laughing his uh, behind off um, on the other Kenny side. Kenny Dalglish was playing the Mancini, Mancini role, of course. What was that called? Kenny Dalglish was playing the Mancini role today. Oh, really? It's one reenactment, yeah. <laughs> yeah, delicious. They couldn't get one, could they? I know, I know, exactly. And then, um, of course, it's all, um, you know, it's kind of encapsulated by Pogba, who basically gets sent off for 20 minutes uh, after he got brought on. Um, but, you know, he wasn't the only one um, who should have been sent off. There was a moment where Cristiano Ronaldo uh, was basically, it looked like he was trying to kick the life out of uh, Mohamed Salah. Um, I think the only reason that he didn't get sent off was the ball was there to be kicked, but he was having <laughs> a good go, having a good go at uh, Salah's midfield. It was Jones, wasn't it? Curtis Jones? Was it Curtis Jones? Oh, okay. They look very similar, actually. <laughs> especially, especially doubles up prone on the ground. Um, yeah, it looks actually, you know, it really looks bad. It's it's optically um, not good. Um, it looks quite violent, actually, by Ronaldo. So I think he, he was lucky. That, he? Yeah, he got he his got yellow. But should, well, wasn't he sent off? Because with Pogba, I mean, again, um, our, 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 our favourite Altrincham supporter was doing his best to keep United... It's 11. Um, uh, I don't know why that wasn't, that yellow car wasn't overruled, but of course yeah. the pocket one was, and, and rightly so. Um, and, oh, and that was it, uh, that was a, quite a day of drama, guys. Um, so, um, that's all that, um, we've got on our agenda for this, uh, this particular pod, but are there any other issues or any other business, um, that you'd like to comment on? Any city ma- uh, related matters? 
uh, on or off the field that have cropped up? No, no, no. I think so. No, no, in the last few days. Yep. Okay. Well, an interesting few days it has been, and uh, we've got um, West Ham in the EFL Cup to look forward to, and then uh, another uh, meeting with uh, with Bruges. Isn't that right? Okay, well that, that, that'll do us for this particular pod, guys. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, uh, for giving us um, your insights and uh, your opinions. And uh, let's just uh, say farewell to the guys and, uh, and any final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts, uh, Bernard? Yeah, well, that's an interesting game against West Ham. I think uh, it's going to have a bit of a hard work there. Depends what sort of teams we put out and they put out, to be honest with you. If they go strong, I think I think we might be losing our Carabao Cup. We can't have that, can we? It's our cup. But uh, it'll be very, very interesting to see what starting 11s the uh, both managers put out with that one. And then we'll probably know a little bit better on the night once we see that. But uh, very, very interesting game coming up, that one. Final thoughts, Ray? Well, I, I, I was thinking about that West Ham game. I can I probably rattle off six or seven players. But we do have a second-string team. Um, and uh, that'll include people like uh, Rian Maris, um, Raheem Sterling, Zach Steffen, possibly Zinchenko, uh, Ake, Stones. You know, uh, you can pretty much rattle up Fernandinho. Maybe KDB will be brought back into the fold because uh, now that he's a second stringer. And so <laughs> I still think we're going to put out a pretty solid team. Uh, that's going to cause a lot of trouble to West Ham, but um, you know it, it's going to be a good game. So I just hope we can keep that. You know, it, we've won the Carabao Cup so long. We've, you know, I, I don't want to be giving it up now. Some people might be getting bored and say we won it. Was it four times on the banks? No, you know, uh, winning is a habit, and uh, I, I enjoy going to the Carabao Cup final. So hopefully. Uh, we can be there next uh, end of February, early March next season, mm-hmm. next year. Sorry. Final thoughts uh, from uh, you, Colin. Well, yeah, yeah. So I want to go to the Carabao Cup final again, and uh, you know, if you look at, we've come out of a very difficult period, haven't we? We've, we've been at Chelsea away, we won. Liverpool away, we should have won, uh, but we got a point. Uh, Brighton away, we won. Of course, Spurs first game of the season, we lost. Um, we've been to Leicester away and won. So. Uh, Eight, um, you know, we've been to five of the nine teams in the top half uh, as things stand, and, and we've only dropped four points. So, four points, yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, despite the fact we're, we're, we're currently lying third, two points behind Chelsea, point behind Liverpool, um, we're looking really good, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're looking very, very good. The prospects are very, very, uh, very positive uh, looking forward. Well, guys, I think we'll we'll stop it there. Um, obviously, obviously, the games are uh, coming uh, thick and fast. Um, we'll bring this pod to a head. Uh, thank you very much uh, to all three of you guys for uh, coming on. And I'll just um, finish off in the normal way by um, just saying, have one on us, guys. Have one on us. Enjoy the games coming up. And uh, up the blues, as always, up the blues.